Hello, everyone. Bobby C is back. I'm with, I'm with Rainy. Rainy's over in Florida. It's cold over there. I'm over here in, in, in uh, California, Huntington Beach. So we got, you know, like Joey, Joey C and me, we got the East Coast connection. And I happened to connect up with the Rainy over here. And he's from, I think he's from Florida, Pompano, I think, right? You're I, over I there. Pompano. I'm from Boston, though. Yeah, but he's from Boston, but he's living yeah. in Pompano and he's, he's chilly. He, he's, you know, he just had some chicken noodle soup to. to, to That's right. To, right? Now, don't right. get this cold usually in Florida. That's right. So I want everybody to stay tuned because we're going to do a three-part series. And don't forget to subscribe, ladies and gentlemen. Please subscribe. It's just going to build that channel. That's how we're building networks here to, to expose and, and deprogram and help deprogram and help expose all this crap that we're talking about. You know, about AA, the 12-step society, the world and the universe. And me, me and Rainy are going to get into that. Rainy, just say hi and introduce yourself and we'll start the, start talking about whatever you want to talk about today when it's part one. Yeah, yeah. He um, he just summed it up. I mean, really all all I want to say, my you know, Rainy St. Pierre, I'm not with the, with the initials or nothing. I am, you know, my name is Rainy Paul St. Pierre the third. I ain't hiding behind nothing. So, um, and you can find me at Unconquered Healing, Unconquered Healing on TikTok, Unconquered Healing on Facebook, Unconquered Healing on Instagram. And I'll just keep it short and sweet. That's, that's what, it's, what it is. Right on. Go ahead, man. That's, uh, what do you want to talk about right now? What do you um, want to get into? You were talking on your Instagram, because I listened to it prior to this podcast, and you mentioned the uh, synchronicity. Talk a little bit about that. Yeah, synchronicities for me is something that that I did stumble upon through the twelve steps. You know, I um, I, I discovered right Carl Jung, and and Carl Jung had a hand in writing the big book and all this stuff, and so I, I followed that, and I discovered all this Jungian you know analysis and dream work and all this different stuff, and a lot of the synchronicities is is like a Jungian. Um, Jungian concept and it's just kind of it's what we would call coincidences it's what you know um and I personally I don't believe in coincidences anymore it's more you know bada bing bada boom 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 and it lines up to where here I am having this conversation with you right now and it started off on a prayer probably a prayer out of desperation of like God help me see the truth, help me figure out what the hell up from down, what's going on. I had gotten so confused um, by trying to conform to this, this 12 step paradigm that I didn't know it was broken. You know, I didn't know it was a setup from the get up, but once I tapped into my intuition and um, followed my feelings and these synchronicities, it's like, you know, the book shows up right as it's supposed to the, that conversation shows up just as it was supposed to. I, I watched this YouTube video that, you know, like I think back, like I can put my life together perfectly in the rear view mirror, like that I watched that Monica Richardson, the 13th step as I was running a sober house, like, and, and then like it just all, they all start to line up with, just right time, right place. And, and, but it, it's, it's, it's not cause I sat on my ass 
and did nothing. It's, it's, I, I did a lot. I took a lot of action and followed that nudge to read that book or talk to that person. Let me, let me, let me, ch- let me time in there. Let me ch- chime right in because you know what? That's it. You, the last thing you just said, I believe in, because that's why I'm saying we create our own programs. It's us. It comes from us. This is what I think about the synchronicity. Okay. Wherever the attention goes, the energy flows. Okay. Uh, so I put my attention into doing podcasts, seeking out other uh, like-minded, common interest people. And it happens, but it's, it's like the universe and myself become one almost. And, and it's like it flows. You know, I'm not, I, I take the credit. I'm the responsibility, but I believe in some type of other universal code too also. You know, and I believe I think you mentioned on the IG that, you know, it's about energy. It's about vibration. You know, it's uh, it's about all those things. So I'm taking credit. I seek you. You seek me. We come together. I think you mentioned on the IG, which is kind of weird. It's kind of crazy because I was writing it down this year before you said it. It's crazy. Right. I was writing it down before you said it. You said somebody told you about. Like when you go to a Ford dealership, right? And I'm looking at Fords. I'm looking at a special type of Ford. And then I go home. Then I go home. And, and that's all I start saying is these Fords, these special Fords. And it ha- I, I notice it, you know, like I bought a Civic, a Honda Civic. After I came out from the Honda ship deal, all I started to see was Honda Civics, you know? Yep. So you mentioned that and I was writing it down prior. It's like, Wow, this is crazy. I mean, we're on the same page with so many different things. This is going to be interesting. I don't want to cut you off now, Randy. Go ahead. Continue. No, that's 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 energy. And that's the way this whole universe wor- works. The whole it's like. So it's the whole what you what you resist persists. So if I'm counting days and and so consumed with being sober from a substance, my energy and my everything is still going into that substance. It's not going, it's going, all my energy went into being a person in recovery, whether I knew it or not, because I was trying for it not to be that, but subliminally and subconsciously, the shit was pounding into my head, whether I wanted it to be or not. And so instead of creating a healthy identity, of a sovereign, autonomous, you know, um, person, it became everything was limited. You know? Beautiful. Let me let me just jump in there. I, that's right on the money. See, every time you're you're talking about something, something's coming to me that I was I was writing down. It's almost like whatever you're saying, it's all written down, and I can respond to it. And that's part of the synchronicity. Okay, the identity. You mentioned identity. Okay, and I know you're kind of on the same page with me. We, 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 we didn't. We weren't creating our own identities. They created Alcoholics Anonymous society, government. The world created my identity. Look back in back 38 years ago, they did not have the internet. Okay, society told me I was alcoholic. Society did, and society brainwashed. My my kids, my wife, my mother-in-law, my mother, and they called me alcoholic. Okay. That's all we knew. We didn't know anything else. So here I go. I'm raising my hand. Uh, 
I'm an alcoholic. My name is Bobby C. I'm an alcoholic. I'm, they're giving me the identity. The two most powerful words in the, in the world. Too. Exactly. Exactly. It's like so, they knew what they were doing or something. They do. They knew this wasn't, this was created. It's a well-designed, created oh, it's just monopoly and doctrine. Oh, oh yeah. no, yeah. no way. No yeah. way. It just happened. Just these two guys, right? These two drunks, Bob and Bill, they know. Yeah. The yeah, fairy they, tale. They created it. Yeah. They, they knew. They didn't know before then. Though. They didn't know much of anything else before because Bill was a stockbroker. They didn't know back then when, uh, let's see, when, when Rockefeller met him. In 1938, Frank Amos, Rockefeller's advisor, comes, comes in and did, did the Amos report for 50 alcoholics, 50 alcoholics, men and women. They did this report, Frank Amos report. Look it up. That's Rockefeller sent him over there to do that report. It was, it was planned way before, because way before then, Rockefeller was taking over the pharmaceutical industry from Germany. That, this thing, you know, go on the podcast and see, connect, follow the money and connect the dots and you can see exactly where the money trail goes. Bill and Bob were... They were puppets, just like anything else. They were puppets on a string. They were used as little scapegoat puppets to be the leaders of this cult. Yeah, go ahead. Go ahead, Randy. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Where were we? Synchronicities? We were um, in identity, really. They were identity. I mean, I had changed my identity I thought into a healthy identity of being a person in recovery. Now, at the same time as this, um, I discovered the big book, right? I was a big book thumper. I discovered the big book in 2005. That was my first introduction. It shocked my world when my sponsor took me through that book and told me I could be recovered. I, yeah. I cried. No, yeah. no bullshit, no made up story. Because for the four or five years prior to that, I was told all the, you know, you got to hang on for dear life and, meeting makers make it and da, 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 da. And this guy was able to, he told us that meetings were a joke. Meeting makers make what? And he told the truth about what a joke meetings were and then said, no, you can be recovered. And I was like, what? They never told me that. They told me I had to be in recovery for the rest of my life. Um, and believe it or not, that one word is what I followed until... I figured my way out that it was a cult, that it's a big lie, that it's a fantasy, that the government's in on it. That, but why the fuck would I think that? I was just a suburban kid from Danvers, Massachusetts, that was a three-sport all-state athlete that got strung out on Oxycontin that went for help. My life changed forever the day I went for help. Other than that, before that, I believed I was a fully capable, fully functioning, powerful individual. Yeah. I didn't think I was powerless. I didn't think I was diseased. I didn't think that I didn't play a part in this Oxycontin habit that I played clearly a huge part in, right? Um, yeah, here, here, here's man. the deal with that, that, um, that recovered. They put that in there. That's, that's one of the hooks. Alcoholics Anonymous and 12-step programs have a hook. They have a, lot, a bunch of hooks to keep you in. They, in the beginning, they say recovered, but they always say recovering, lifetime right. and then recovering. It's, this whole, it's like, right. 
Like boom, 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 back and forth, yeah, back, back to A, B, A, B. That's the cognitive dissonance right. that they put us in, the ambivalence that they put us in. Am I right? Are they, what is this? Am I recovered? Oh, I'm still recovered. Yeah, you're recovered. You're going to recover with a lifetime recovering process until you die. Okay. And if you don't do it, you surely will die, go insane or go to jail. Okay. Yeah. So let's, you know what, let's start talking about something like um, the celebration because you, you, you mentioned that celebrating time, the hook of celebrating time. I fortunately, you know, cause I've been listening to some of your stuff. Cause like I said, it's a synchronicity, even me, me finding you because it was only a year ago that I discovered it was a cult. It was maybe 14 months ago where I finally, it's in the last 18 months where I put it together that no doubt in my mind, this is a toxic poisonous cult. Um, lost my train of thought. Well, no, you know what time? you mentioned, you mentioned on your IG about this toxic, toxic relationship. And that's what I want you to go into the toxicity of, of the celebration of coins and the surrounding of addicts, it's, alcoholics, it's just talk. put in instead of going to the bars and the, and the, and the drug dealers were, were, were put into these cages and prisons with all alcoholics and addicts. Talk about that. Remember. Calling that wellness. Like, and, and, and see, I had this fortunate experience of being the fuck up. I was the one that I would get sober, turn my life around 180 degrees just to sabotage it because I was from now I realized I was fulfilling the self-fulfilling prophecy because that's what I believed once I had one I lost all control once I started I couldn't stop so I made that happen I would get years sober years abstinent years I, I lost 130 pounds became a yoga teacher went back and got my psychology degree only to go on I think an eight year run that was like the worst of the worst. It's like, I couldn't get, I don't even know how to articulate it. I couldn't get sober enough to move on with my life. Like, like, and so I had a bunch of buddies that have been sober for like 15 or 20 years that I got sober with. And I was in and out, in and out, in and out. And so when I was 26 and being in one of these recovery communities, I was 26. Being in these recovery communities at 42, a full grown adult that's made and lost millions of dollars, that's, you know, um, made and lost hundreds, you know, hundreds of pounds a couple of times, completely changed my life, went back to school, you know, was a street dude, became a, a, a member of society. Um, had a healthy, great relationship with the woman of my dreams. Like, you know, I never had a problem managing money. I was never a liar. So all that bullshit of when's an addict lying is lit. I was never, dude, my word is my bond. Even when I was strung out, like, I, like that's just it. I have a reputation that, that, that I stand on now. Even when I was a junkie, like when I did business, I did business, right? I didn't pull no fuck shit. And but you blame an addict, you blame a disease and, a, and an addiction for you being a piece of shit scumbag that can't operate within with it with morals and ethics and principles. So you blame it on your addiction. No, dude, you're a dirtbag. And and these recovery communities uplift that. That is the gold standard. The gold standard is the the whole tough guy. I know this whole group of people like. 
they got sober in their 20s and their whole thing is the whole gangster tough guy recovery image like it's a whole identity that they're selling you know so so you're we're, we're talking about the for people that know that you know we're talking to people that aren't strange strangers of this stuff war stories we go in there and they say experience strength and hope you know exp- you go in there and they'll talk oh, a half an hour to war stories. And you know what? The craziest thing in this, this recovery industry, which is a multi-billion dollar uh, recovery industry. Probably okay. trillion. Okay, right? trillion. You know what? That'd You're right. Trillion. Probably trillion. That'd You're be. right. I'm glad you corrected me because that's probably. Here we go. They're, they're creating this atmosphere where the, the one that has the worst war story, the, the worst piece of war story in... 10 prisons, 50 rehabs, uh, killed themselves three times and lived, you know, all this shit. The worst story is the one that everybody looks up to the most, you know, talk about, talk about the toxic. Okay. And then the other thing is once an alcoholic, always an alcoholic, once an addict, always an addict, once an alcoholic, what a bunch of bullshit, you know, with these labels and these identities. Go ahead, Rainey. Yeah. Oh, I was just going to say something and I forgot. It was, I know what it was. So I come from the suburbs, Volvo in the, in the driveway, in, swimming pool in the backyard. My dad coached all my teams, two parent family home. And I, I had two dreams, right? I wanted to play professional ball or I wanted to be a gangster. The, the, the dream of playing professional ball died and I turned to the streets, right? And I got my ass chewed out, but I was pretty successful at, at the same time, right? I have no record. I walked away from it. Made and lost a lot of money. Didn't lost a lot of drugs, right? Hundreds of people have died along the way. It, the dope game is just like the treatment game. The biggest piece of shit wins. And, and in the, in the, in the dope game, this rules in the street, even though that's all bullshit, it's a myth, right? Because 99% of people are snitches. The recovery world, they hide behind God. They hide behind integrity. They hide behind character. They hide behind altruism. They, they talk this talk. Like I know a group of dudes that have a half a million dollar scheme going as a scholarship. And, and it is a scholarship but it's also an ingenious fucking scheme to funnel half a million dollars into their halfway houses. And they like, it, it's ingenious what these people come up with. But I was the, I was the one that was getting, getting chewed out. I was the one that wasn't getting help. I was the one that was making observations going, this is toxic. This doesn't make sense. And it was, Rainy, you think you're better than people. Rainy, it was always, you think you're better than you're judgmental. You're this. And it's like, yeah, but dude, this isn't adding up. Like this dude saying the way I need to stay sober is by being honest and, and this, that, and the third, and the whole community knows what's going on. We all, we all know about the prostitutes and the, and, and the gambling and, and, and all this stuff. Like that's the gold standard that I saw was just toxicity as, as long as you're abstinent, everything's cool yeah so you got two masks you got the mask when you come into the meeting you put the mask on coming into the meeting we're striving for perfect uh 
progress, not perfection. I think you mentioned that progress, not perfect. You know, now we don't want to, we're not striving for perfection. The whole 12, 12 and 12, if you look it up, symbolic symbolism, 12 means perfection. It means God. It means government. Okay. 12, 12 and 12 means perfection. And that's what they're, of course, it's the Catholic church. It's just, it's, it's identical to the Catholic church. Matter of fact, the Catholic Church actually controlled part of. I mean, it's like you go into triangle, you're going into the Catholic Church. And I could get it. I've done podcasts specifically on that with Matt Talbert. Matt Talbert is the saint of alcoholism. Okay, uh, with the Matt Talbert retreats all over the all over the country, all over the world. But um, I'd like to touch base on the celebration of time again, just to dig a little deeper on that celebration of time. I believe. Look. One day is cool. You're in there. One day, one week, 30 days, 90 days is great. Okay. A year. But after a year, what the hell are we celebrate? Move on. Celebrate stuff like, like other things that you're doing. It's like, I got to celebrate. I'm, I'm, uh, I'm, I'm a recovered smoker. Oh, uh, I got five years uh, of once a smoker, always a smoker. Right. I got to celebrate not eating uh, meat. I'm a vegetarian or a vegan. I'm celeb- I have two years celeb. No, you know what? This celebration and a lot of people are going to they they're going to like say, "Bobby, you're hurting people by not saying that." No, I want them to celebrate other stuff, other things. You know, not, not these just as oh, I'm celebrating with my chip and my coin. And me, I had many of them. Okay, I had many, many coins. I kept on getting back. It's an ego thing. You know, you keep on getting back. You get five. You go for six, 10. Oh my God. You got to go for 15 because somebody else has 20. They're higher than you. Oh, what, you the get the 20? Oh, it's the higher. They're higher than you. I got to get the 25. I just had a friend. I'm not even going to talk about it, but it's, it's, it's crazy. And you know, it. the, the whole, why am I counting days for something that I, I want to do anyway? You know, like score. And I never, Luckily, I never fell into it, but I would just watch these people. And, and I came back to this group of guys that started a treatment center. I came back 15 years later, and they were talking about the same shit from 50. Like they had built this whole story, this whole identity. This, this one kid I know started a treatment. Like I, he, he got sober because of some shit that went on between him and I, and his whole identity is based off of that. His whole story is about, and it's just like, dude, you're living in 15 years ago. Like, That, didn't work, that just didn't work for me. Like in, in all those years, I thought there was something wrong with me. Like I never wanted to, it just going up there and, and telling my, I don't know. It, 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 it didn't work for me and it seemed to work for other people. And so that I thought there was something wrong with me. Everything came back to, I thought there was something wrong with me and all I wanted to do was move on with my life, but I didn't know how to articulate that. You know, and then they, they told me that I, I couldn't move on with my life. Um, but celebrating, I never fell into the trap of, of celebrating time or the, the birthday parties and, the, and, the, and, and luckily like my mother's a, 
a tough Irish Polish woman. She was just like, like nobody celebrated shit. Like you weren't supposed <laughs> to be dope in the first place, Rainy. Like, <laughs> all right, okay, not celebrate. Let's go back to like when people go out. They call it relapse. They go out and use, and they come back in. You lose all the time. Right. Oh, you lost all the time. That's all bullshit. You gained all that experience. When you come in, it's the same time. Like, hey, ladies and gentlemen, I'm going to tell you, this is one thing I believe 100 percent is that we all have the exact same time. And that is right this moment right now. That's all you got. The rest is just experience. Good, bad and everything in between. But now when you used to come back, Randy, you used to go out, you used to relapse and come back in. Do you feel like shame? Like, oh, Dude, man. The, oh, my God. The, the, that's what I realized. My opinion is because I've really studied narcissistic abuse. I believe the 12 steps are narcissistic abuse. It's narcissistic abuse. It's constant gaslighting. It's cognitive dissonance. If you study narcissistic abuse and it makes sense, because in my opinion, Bill Wilson was a covert narcissist, like you, you're just constantly being gaslit. It just doesn't make any sense. And, and dude, that, that fries your brain. Like, and, and now looking at this book from a, from a different mindset, it's like, you were right the very first time you picked this this blue book up and couldn't even read the first 164 pages because it didn't make no sense like and then i became a guru of that book and i was more fucked up from learning about that book than i was like but i didn't know i didn't know like hey let's 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 look me and rainy are on the same page the 12 steps is a circle mind fuck. I Never still haven't gotten, gotten it completely. You know, it was such a circle mind fuck. And I spent 15 years just circle mind fucking myself, thinking that I was the problem. I was the problem. And I was around a bunch of predators. And I'm super intuitive. And I'm super empathic. And I'm super, um, I guess if you want to call it street smart, but just aware of things and i was so gaslit into thinking that i thought i was better than people and being judgmental and dude we have these pots to protect us like your judgment is telling you something's wrong it's discernment it's spiritual it's god my body talks to me my body tells me dude's a dirtbag watch out for him someone's talking my body tells me this person's lying that's not judgmental. That's not anything. That's how intuitive I am. Yes. And, and, and the more I tap into myself and tap into my feelings and trust myself, because like I am God in, in the sense that I was born in the image and likeness of God. God is greatness on display. I am greatness on display. God is big G. I am little G. I got to do the work. I believe in God and something, but like sitting and just praying, nothing's going to happen in my experience. Uh, it's like uh, you mentioned intuition. It's like, hey, look, you, you leave your car, right? And you're walking away and something inside, it's not up here. It's like, go back to the car, open it up. And you don't do it. And then you wish you would have did it. You know, mm -hmm. it's always like, oh, why didn't I do that? Because my body told me to do it and I didn't do it. Why didn't I do it? So listening to your body. And I think that takes time. 
and it takes it takes actually time of screwing up and learning and, and working through this journey, which I believe you and me are, are doing. And we still have a lot more to learn. Uh, let's let's get back to uh, let's talk. You know what? Let's talk about something that, that you because you believe you're 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 abstinence from alcohol. Yes. Right. OK. But you you smoke, you smoke weed, you smoke marijuana. You, you love it. You've been smoking it for years. And other people would say, like I mentioned to you on the phone, I say, hey, Rainy, do you think uh, maybe you could become, you know, once you start something, it, it's called moderation. But even if you're moderating, it could become habitual again. And I say, yes, I say, yes. And, and, and this, this is what this is what Rainy said. He says, sure, because I, I'm, a, I'm, I'm I got a habit of smoking weed and it's a habit. Talk a little bit about that, because I love that honesty. You know, you're honest about it. You're not hiding it. You're you're not trying to cover something up. You're you're honest about your your um, let's say uh, recreational use or enjoyment use of marijuana. You know, talk about that a little bit. Well, I think it comes down to being honest with yourself. And and this program, I didn't know until the last year that my life changed forever the day I went for help. And that is the honest to God's truth, because up until then, I believed in myself. And that changed my, that changed the trajectory of my life forever. Um, and I always knew my family wasn't into pharmaceuticals. My mother, I was diagnosed with ID, ADD in like middle school. And my mother's response was, you ain't getting no pills. You're fucking lazy. Go get a book. Oh man, nice. like go read a fucking book, kid. Get off your ass and do something. She and like, smart. ma, thank you for being such a hot ass. Cause you know, it, that's another made-up scam, just like the chemical imbalance theory. Like, I, I never planned on becoming a, a a master of this because I chose to get an oxycotton habit in my early 20s, you know? Um all right. What was the question again? You know what? Let let me just let be because you just brought something up. Let me. I'll I'll get you back on track. Yeah. Let me let me say to to the audience. Me and Rainy are not professionals. We're not giving you any medical advice. We're not doctors. We're not psychiatrists. Even though we're experts in our own yeah. life, believe me when I tell you, we are expert. I'm an expert of my own life and my own journey. You ain't going to take that away from me. I learned a lot of shit throughout all these years. And I know a lot of stuff that the experts and professionals say they know when a lot of it is bullshit. Okay. And I'm not debating that. You do what you do. I'm not telling you not to listen to your doctors or lawyers or judges or whatever. I'm not telling you to do any of that. Neither's rainy. So let's make that clear. And, and I don't endorse any modality, model, program. I'm not endorsing anything, you know. I'm not endorsing any nonprofits, any books, any of that crap. You you decide for yourself where you want to go. You know, I'm not telling you where to go because I got no skin in the game. See, I got no skin in the game. I'm not making any money off of this shit uh, right right now. Okay, I'm not like making money off of this program and that program, and I'm not pushing this and that. And I'm not believing all the doctors. Believe me, I'm not believing all the psychiatrists and all the doctors and all the professionals. Because what I found out is they're indoctrinated too. They're brainwashed also. They went to these colleges that Rockefeller set up hundreds, you know, like years and years ago because he hijacked the holistic medicine. 
and he started the modern medicine and all these pharmaceutical industries and all that. I'm not buying the scientists and none of that crap. Okay. I'm doing my own research, but I'll tell you what I do take in. I do believe in science. I do believe in professionals, some professionals, some doctors, some psychiatrists and stuff like that. I believe in that, but I'm very particular. Watch out, ladies and gentlemen, who in the hell you go to, because you, you discern yourself. You gotta, you gotta check it out for yourself. And, and sometimes me and Rainy will sound like we're, we're controversial and we're talking about some things that go against the stream. And guess what? We are, you know, because that's that's our responsibility to share stuff that we found out through all these years, you know, to pass it on to you. You might say, well, what do you guys know? You know, you're sitting in your little friggin' office or your little house or your, your shit. You know, you ain't making no money. You ain't riding a big Rolls Royce. You don't have all this bank accounts and all that shit. But let me tell you something. It's not all about money, you know. Wisdom is not about money. Listen, I could open a treatment center and make millions of dollars. I walked away from all that because I chose to fucking, that I care where my money, I was a dope dealer for 15 years of my life. There's something attached spiritually to the way you make your money. I've experienced it. Because the next thing I know at 35, I found myself facing life in prison for a crime I didn't commit. Karma's a bitch. And all that money went out the door, gone. So made lots of money, but I lost it all too, right? Covered in track marks and stretch marks. Got a whole bunch of stories to tell, but it's all bullshit, man. It's, 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 uh, uh, look, we're, we're over here trying to uncover, recover, and discover the truth about AA, 12 steps, ourselves, society, the world, and the universe. That's what we're doing. We're not stopping at celebrating uh, you, you think you're going to call me an alcoholic anymore? Bullshit. I ain't calling myself that. I don't even buy none of that stuff. The disease concept, the made up disease concept that's over 230 years old, believe it or not. Uh, Rainy, here's something here. So you're so you're over there smoking a doobie on the uh, IG, right? You're smoking yep, yep. a little doobie, enjoying, enjoying yourself, just talking like we're talking now, talking like you would talk any anywhere. Any here's the, here's what I'm getting at. People would say, oh, he's under the influence. Let's talk about that. Under the influence. What the hell does that even mean? Under the influence of my wife, under the influence of AA, under the influence of church, under the influence of alcohol, the government. How about under the influence of politics or the government? Huh? Who are you under the influence of? All right. So you're going to Who's judge somebody. Decisions. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Really? So they're going to judge somebody, somebody that chooses and is honest about recreational whatever, you know, label them under the influence, you know. But yet, so this is what I mean by having this 22 year experience and all my friends opening treatment centers and, and, and sober houses and all this stuff. I was able, I have this 20 year thing of seeing how it started and how it, what it became and, and all the behavioral addictions that it, they all, they all got these behavioral addictions, but stayed sober. And, and just the way, you know, the whole field has changed like this. People forget that this fentanyl crisis was created by the pharmaceutical industry. Like, I don't believe I would have been a heroin addict had I not fallen for the scam that I believe, oh, this drug's going to be safe. It was made in Stanford, Connecticut by Purdue Pharma. I'm not, I personally believe that all my friends were doing um, ecstasy at the time. And how can this harm me? And 
the drug didn't harm me because the drug's actually harmless. It's nothing. It's just an inert substance. But my habitual use of it created a shitstorm in my life. And to then tell me that I have no skin in the game when I go for treatment, that I have a dis- like it just didn't make sense to me that 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 I didn't play a part in in, in the scam that I created. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, you didn't play a part in the scam. Pharmaceutical. Look, ladies and gentlemen, don't forget to subscribe and check out Unconquered Healing over at IG and Twitter. Uh, what is it? Twitter, TikTok. What are you on? TikTok, IG, Facebook. Yeah. Listen, ladies and gentlemen, the alcohol, pharmaceutical, and tobacco industry wants you hooked. Hooked. That's their game. If you don't know it, there's no. They don't want to. They don't want a cure for anything. They want you to keep on coming back. And that's that's the same with a lot of these programs. So be careful of them. I, I buy into a lot of it. Okay, I buy into a lot of it if it's helpful. But if they're starting to push their programs and their institutes and their Everyone society, does. they're pushing it because they got money, they got money attached to it. And they're not telling you everything about the people, you know, because doctors and psychiatrists and these fancy uh, clinics, these rehab clinics are saying, and I believe in Matt, medical assistant treatment, but be careful of it because they're not giving you this, all the statistics because they're, they're not telling you about it is to get off. They're it's not telling you. Yeah, they're not telling you about the people that don't come back. And here's the trick. Here's the trick, ladies and gentlemen. It's up to you. Who, who's going to do the follow up? The person has to come back and do the follow up. Right. So they're not they're not evaluating that person because that person leaves. They got their prescription and they left. But the ones that are doing everything right and on the ball and weaning off and tapering and, you know, whatever, because some people have to stay on it. They're comparing some of these drugs like insulin. You know, you need your insulin for the Which rest of your bullshit. life. It's fucking okay? bullshit. And that's, I'm going to say it. It's that's bullshit. that's Rainey's opinion. And that's good because he's entitled to his opinion. That's my experience that's, that's, as well. That's his experience. Methadone and buprenorphine. Tell us about it. They're both fucking liquid handcuffs. They're both the trap. Without them, it, this is just it. What you're saying is so accurate. I don't even know if you know. There's no exit strategy. They want to get you on it. Go to the methadone clinic right now and see if they have an exit strategy. There's no fucking exit strategy. That's why I'm an expert. That's why I am the the expert. I had to come off 300 milligrams of methadone because nobody had a fucking exit strategy. Um, no one has an exit. Str- I know I've heard, you know how many stories I've heard about people getting down to one milligram of buprenorphine and not being able to get off, not being able to make that jump from one milligram to nothing to completely abstinent. I have heard that story probably hundreds of times. They don't tell you that when they go in, they sell you this whole chemical imbalance. This is going to treat your cravings, which aren't even real. A craving is just a thought. It's, it's something that's habitualized in your body. It, it's all a money-making scheme. I've been all up and down the East Coast. By fucking up my life the way that I did, I've been to all these sober houses, treatment centers, detoxes, all up and down the East Coast. It's the same thing. Every city, every state, every town, the only thing that changes is the accent and the zip code. That's it. Everyone's selling the same snake oil version of Bill Wilson because... Energy cannot be created or destroyed. That's all that it is. Okay, it's let me let me just energy. talk. Let me just say this to the audience. Now that's Rainey's opinion. 
okay? Right. Uh, and, his, and from his professional experience, and he's got a lot of experience with it. Now, my, me personally, I'm, I'm going to tell you, the audience, that I believe today there, there are some good people that, that are trying to help people get off of certain things through the medical assisted treatment programs, the harm reduction, and even the Sinclair, you know, method. But look, I don't buy it all. I don't buy it all. So don't really check into it for yourselves. Okay. Me personally, I believe there's, there's really some good into it. Okay. But if there's, if there's danger to it too. Okay. Because they always have an answer for something. Like if I said, well, it's a drug replacing a drug, they'll say, Oh, that's, don't say that. That's just like if you had to take it. My, my grandson is a type one insulin. I know he has to take the shit. Okay. Cause I seen him. I seen him as a little baby and watched him. Okay. I know what insulin. So don't be compared to shit to insulin. Okay. So I know about cancer drugs and certain different types of blood pressure medicines. That's even another scientific thing study. Some people believe in it. Some people don't, yeah. but all I'm saying is it's going to be up to you. Anyhow, it, no matter what, you're going to be the one that makes the decision. Do you want to stay on it for life? Okay, you do. That's your choice. You want to stay on it for three months or four months and win yourself off, try to go with doctors, with the doctors, but it's going to be your decision, okay? Because the doctor knows. Here's the, here's the trick. The doctor knows it's got to come from you, see? It's not the doctor. It's you. So it's got to they come from you. They don't suffer the you. consequences. No, no, no. And they're not going to tell you all the other shit. So all I'm saying is check things out, you know, check in, check out the pros and the cons about things before you say, this is it, you know, because I'm not a fanatic in anything anymore. And I don't put down any other type of modalities, you know, I'm not endorsing any either, you know, me, I'll tell you for me, I'm going to be honest right up front for me, for me, this is only for me. And I'm not, I'm not advertising this and I'm not endorsing this for anybody. This is for me. I, I think, Abstinence is the easiest fucking way there is. Once you're once you're there. I agree. Okay. Once once you're there, it's the easiest way. Okay. And is it hard to do? No. It's if you want to do it. Okay. I do it not because I'm a cheap son of a bitch. Okay. Mm -hmm. I don't even want to buy weed. I'm cheap. I'm old. We don't have a lot of money. So I don't want to spend the money. It's really not about habitually. Well, I start I don't smoke anymore, but why start smoking? Maybe. Why start drinking again? Maybe. I don't know. Why start uh, smoking some weed? Uh, who knows? You know, I don't really know what the future holds, but right now, that's the easiest, softer way for me. Okay. And that's not AA shit. That's just for me. All right. And, but I respect everybody else's way they do it. You know what I mean? As long as it don't affect me directly, because I don't like drama and I don't like all the consequences of people's behaviors, you know, mm -hmm. through use and shit, cause and effect. Because I know a lot about consequences of cause and effect. Because we all control it, we all have the control over what we. We have the destiny. We're the we're, we're the cure. We're the solution. We're the way. We're the healers. We're the guru, and and we're the Buddhist. So, Rainy, talk a little bit. Tell the audience what you want to say, and we're going to sign off. And I'm going to tell them what they're going to catch us next on part two. Well, it's it's. You know, my brain goes in so many ways, but you were talking about me smoking the joint and, and you know, I'm trying to articulate two decades of, of, of experiences and I've had so many, but it's like 
now with all these other meds, like let's take MAT off. I believe in MAT. I believe in harm reduction. Like I believe in whatever you got to do for you. Cause ultimately isn't this that way it was supposed to be about who cares the way you go about it. I don't care if you're on Seroquel. I don't care if you're on Sabar. I really don't. I don't care if you smoke weed, drink, whatever. Like I just didn't want to wake up with an elephant on my chest wanting to kill myself every day. Like that was the thing is I fucking hated my life. I hated myself. What do I got to do? And I seen, you know, like I said, all these different things. And what's the difference between, first of all, anyone who knows how bad of an opioid addict I was, if I'm just consuming cannabis, like harm reduction wise, like this kid is doing great. That's not what it was about. I had such a bad brain injury that I stumbled upon cannabis and cannabis helped heal my brain injury. Like my brain was fried. It was gone. And I believe cannabis played a part in healing my brain. I do. But what's the difference between me smoking a bone and Seroquel? Seroquel fucks you up. Or Neurontin or, or all these other, you know, Wellbutrin. Like all these are worth money in jail for a reason. <laughs> because you can crush up Wellbutrin and snort it. In the sober houses, there's people doing crap. There's all these ways to get around the system to get high. It's like. Dude, I just want, like I said, I wanted to not wake up and want to kill myself because I had bought into this lie that I was powerless. We're going to continue. Look, me and Randy got so this is only part one, ladies and gentlemen. Next week, part two. Might even be earlier than next week, but part two. We're going to talk about the cult within the cult. Here's, a, here's, here's, a, here's one I got somebody gave to me back to the 40s. I'm going to talk about that shit. That's what they're passing around. That's the cult within the cult. Back to the 40s. We're going to talk about that next week. We're going to put, talk about body brokering. We're going to talk about pill mills. We're going to talk more about all kinds of controversial shit. Stay tuned, ladies and gentlemen. You're going to love it. Ray, say goodbye to everybody. See you, everybody. Thank you. Take care. We'll see, we'll see Randy on part two.